and on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line from uh, former Saints, Scott Shanley, Saints pregame, postgame analyst for CST on your view. Scott, before we start talking about the NFL Saints, I want to ask you about your opinion. Uh, we got the news. Nick Saban retiring from University of Alabama, the greatest college football coach ever. Your thoughts? Yeah, I was, I was shocked. I mean, it's it's it is definitely I agree with you. Um, you know, I grew up in Nebraska and watched Tom Osborne. He was kind of my idol, and that's that's the man I wanted to play for. The only reason I wanted to play football for the University of Nebraska, and he was an icon. And um, but there's no debate about who the greatest college football coach is of all time, and what Nick Saban has done for the game, what Nick Saban has done for so many young men, getting them uh, not only a college education, but a lot of guys he, he coaches, he coaches them up, discipline, accountability, gets them to the NFL, and they have great NFL careers. So Nick Saban has done a lot for a lot of people um, and a lot for the game. So he will be missed, but I know there's a lot of people in the SEC that won't miss him. He can come watch some games and, and cheer from the fans like everyone else. Yeah, we can, we got a nice suite for him at LSU if he wants to come watch those <laughs> there you games. Go. Yeah, uh, now, Scott, uh, you had every Saints game and uh, what occurred. And obviously, uh, I think uh, the players respect Dennis Allen, considering how hard they played for him. Uh, they didn't raise the white flag. The, the effort was always there. Now, ultimately, uh, you can look back and reflect back. It's always a handful of games or plays, uh, whether you get the double-digit wins or not. But to me, what occurred at the end, I don't know if you're old school like I am, I think if you're in a victory formation, you can't try and score. I mean, in the story, like coach to coach and how you respect one another, uh, that I think the players, if they all agreed upon that, uh, that that was out of line. Now, it might not be as many players as you think, uh, but that to me is a problem that you don't do uh, what the head coach says as far as you're in victory formation. Because to me, I've always said this. You played on defense. I was on offense. It's the most humbling thing when you know you can score, but you don't try and score, and the game's over. It's been over. So when that occurred, I was kind of disappointed that maybe it's a different generation, uh, whatever, and, and how we view things. But I, but I don't think it was the right thing to do. And it could be nothing to do with the Falcons. It could be we could be playing the Bills, the Seahawks, whatever, or vice versa. You just don't do that. And the one thing I'm going to tell you, is that I think if you don't um, respect authority and do what the head coach says, Jameis Winston is too stupid to know that this could affect his future because if he wants to go play for another team and, it, you know, coaches talk, you can say, I don't know, uh, he's kind of, he goes and does what he wants to do. So uh, but what is your take on that? Because I'm telling you right now, Jameis could say, oh, well, this is what the team wanted to do. Well, what the hell the head coach wanted to do? I don't think that'll happen under <laughs> yeah. Coach Mara or uh, Coach Payton, uh, Nick Saban, Vince Lombardi, go on and on. That would not have happened. End of story. No, no I, I, I agree, Bobby. It was an interesting dynamic during the game where you, we played our best game of the year against a hated rival, and you're going to hopefully try to make the playoffs. We, at that time, you're still hoping to make the playoffs, but – we came out in victory formation and then ran that play. And so the crowd starts to boo when we come out in victory formation. They run the play. The crowd loves it because they think, oh, my gosh, this, we're really sticking it to Atlanta. So everyone loves it. <laughs> and then you find out what had happened. 
So then people go from loving Dennis to now not liking Dennis because Den- there, right, there is a code of ethics. It, it, just the player-to-player fraternity exists. That is just with the coaches, too. These guys all have to see each other in the offseason. These guys all at some point are probably going to work with each other some way or some fashion. That's a good question. So, yes, Dennis was extremely embarrassed that that had happened because that's his fear, and he didn't want him to think he was, he was trying to take a cheap shot at the team. So Dennis did the right thing and apologized. Um and then told what had happened. And I think as soon as Dennis told what had happened, everybody thought, well, the team doesn't respect him. See, there's a lot of Dennis Allen leaders that think that just proved that Dennis doesn't have control of the team. And I agree with you, Bobby. I, I think this team played hard for Dennis all year. There were tons of times when they could have But I don't think that one instance by Jameis, and I don't, I'm, people are going to think I'm hating on Jameis, but, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And I think you said a lot of what I was going to say. Jameis, I think, knew that was his last play in a New Orleans Saints uniform, and he wasn't going to lift Dennis Allen. And you can just tell the body language of some of the other players who were out there on the field. They knew it wasn't right. Like, I don't want to really be involved in this. I'm not going to cheer that Jamal scored a touchdown because I don't really approve this. So, I think Jameis went rogue, probably talked some other guys into doing it. But, yes, teams are going to say, okay, the thing I find funny about Jameis Winston is, he, he, why didn't people love Jameis this way when he was the starting quarterback? It's easy to think the goofy guy is goofy when you're the quarterback. But when you're the quarterback and you're eating W's and doing all the things, everybody says, oh, my God, this is our franchise quarterback. So Jameis needs to be careful. If he's trying to get a job in the future, these these types of plays will cost you. And I think, yes, is Jameis a good teammate because he does things like that and he goofs around and he acts funny in the locker room? Yes. And I can relate how people like him. That's all funny when you're the backup quarterback. But let's remember, this guy was supposed to be the franchise quarterback in New Orleans. Andy Dalton beat him out. Still turned the football over in the few attempts he had this year. So I, I, got, I think people need to pump the brakes in choosing Jameis Winston over Dennis Allen when it comes to, to what side you're on. Well, uh, to choose Jameis Winston over Dennis Allen, uh, Jameis had an opportunity. Uh, look at the Green Bay game when it was well in hand. Uh, look at the other games when he came in. Uh, th- did he make a difference? He might throw it up, but, I mean, he didn't uh, bring us back to a miraculous victory or whatever. No, Jameis Winston, I've said this, Scott. You know, and there's uh, 32 teams. Uh, there's not 64 quarterbacks better than Jameis Winston, but that doesn't mean he's in the top 32. He could be a pro football quarterback, but that doesn't mean he's going to lead your team. I think well, what occurred, I don't know if he's so stupid, or uh, maybe representing, he thinks some other team's going to want to put up with that. Jameis Winston now made himself to be a perennial backup. I'm not saying you can't play in the NFL. Uh, right now, you think Jameis is going to be uh, Winston's anybody else's starter? Nobody wanted him going into the um, the 20, uh, 23 season. Oh, uh, the Colts wanted me. Uh, no, they wanted Uncle Rico. Uh, they wanted Garden Minshew. They didn't want you. Uh, to be the guy, maybe, uh, considering what you accomplished. So, no, Jameis Winston is the NFL uh, uh, quarterback. He's just not the NFL starter. Yeah, you guys got me? Yeah, 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 go, yeah go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. And that's kind of the statement I was making earlier. I know I was cutting out, but, yeah, uh, the Saints signed Jameis to be the franchise quarterback. If Jameis was the franchise quarterback, in my honest opinion, Sean Payton would still be in New Orleans. I think I Amen. think that's how far that I think that's how far that whole thing goes. He Sean saw the writing on the wall. He saw I still have the same guy that Tampa had with that talented team, but he still turns the football over. And so, so there's just some players where you can improve, 
but that improvement still isn't good enough. And um, like I said, I don't want it to be a Jameis hate session, but I think Jameis is much easier to love when he's in a backup role. That's just the way I look at it. Well, well, and the thing is, I'm not hating Jameis Winston. How can you hate anybody? He provided for his family, and they go, well, he's such a great team player. Well, hell yeah, he's making like $19, 20000000 What, he's going to be a jerk? He's being well compensated, and then he can be compensated in the future. You got to know how you handle things, because how do they keep you around when you have well above a double-digit career? Why all of a sudden Joe Flacco at 38 years of age has an opportunity? You know why? Because he's good people. Joe Flacco, look at the opportunity he had. And, you know, you can't burn no bridges. And coaches talk. Scott, you know that coaches talk. You got to respect authority and you can't go rogue. I mean, uh, you might say, well, Aber, you, you like old school uh, and all that. These players are different now. I don't think that never changes. I think it never changes as far as you respecting what the coaches want you to do. And you, and, you, and you follow, I don't know if it's orders, if that's the right thing. But, but, but you don't, listen, if we were running a play that wasn't victory formation, then I understand that. Atlanta might be like, well, damn, they're running a play. I got to come off the ball. But when you're in victory formation and you don't kneel, so what's going to happen the next time, Scott? If I'm playing the Saints and they're in victory formation, you might be a D lineman. And everybody's supposed to just, okay, uh, we're kneeling. Somebody's going to come off the ball and knock the crap out of somebody, and somebody might get hurt because you think you're doing a victory and kneel down. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what will happen. You're going to end up getting an offensive lineman hurt or somebody because they're going to say, hey, you saw the play the Saints ran at the end of, of the 23 season. You can't take anything for granted. They're going to try to sneak something by. So you're going to get an offensive lineman injured or something like that. So, yeah, there's just a, there's a code of way you – of the way you do business. And there's a lot of teams around the league who could probably get cheap plays off of victory formation. And you just can't do that. And do I understand wanting to be a good t- teammate and getting Jamal a touchdown and, and this and that? Yes, I do. But at the same time, Jamal had 17 games to get a touchdown. Amen. And it's just, it's one of those things. Yeah. The, the, whole, the whole season, when he led the NFL, you want to talk about uh, going on top of the mountain down in the Valley. Think about Jamal Williams. He led the NFL with 17 touchdowns. So you're going to give him that garbage touchdown? If I was had pride and I'm a player, I don't want that kind of touchdown. I want to do it when the game counts. Even throughout the game against the ladder, he averaged 1.9 yards a carry. Come on. I mean, I, I, I don't know, but maybe young players think differently. Oh, does that really count? That damn touchdown don't count. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think on the on another point on that is is – uh, young kid Miller looked looked really good. I was, I was so happy that he got in at the end of the right. season. Kendra I think Miller he gives a lot of people hope for the offseason. Yes, he a kid that size to have the, the the cuts and the breaks that he had, and he looked really good. But to your point, the, the other problem with the, those type of plays, yeah, everybody wants to say, "Well, Dennis Allen doesn't have control of the team." What it does is it sends you as an older player are constantly sending messages to young players like Miller and At and Perry and all these other guys, like, "Oh, we don't have to listen. We don't have. To, we can do what we want." And so that's Amen. in the dangerous territory. And I think that's why I heard Mickey spoke to the team. I don't know what he spoke to the team about, but I know the whole time we were there, we never got a, a really a long conversation from Mickey. And I, if I had to guess, it was probably that type of message. We have, we do the things that we're supposed to do and we set examples. And that's why we're a winning organization since 2006. We're not like all these other guys. We're not the Raiders. We're not those type of teams. We are a class act organization who do things the right way. 
Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Always great insights, buddy. Thank you so much for coming on this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. Alrighty. Thank you, Scott. Scott Shanley, former New Orleans Saint and uh, pre- and post-game analyst for a CST on your view.